Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. My name is Terry. I'm one of the pastors here. It's a joy to welcome you here on the floor, in the balcony, and if you're watching at home, I hope you're having a great new year. You know, here's the truth about 2021, and every time we kind of turn the calendar over, um, the thing that's exciting uh, for me as a pastor is the the truth and the reality that um, when the calendar year flips, something happens within the hearts of those that might feel as if, you know what, I've been too distanced from God. You know, my spiritual life isn't where I want it to be. You know, my, my life is not where I want it to be. You know, I, I, you know, the new year offers new hope. And today, around the world, there are many individuals with similar stories. You know, I haven't gone to church in a really long time, and this year wasn't the way I wanted to turn out. So, you know what? We're going to start afresh. You know what? This Sunday, we're going to church. You know what? Something's got to be new. Something's got to be different. And we're looking for, we're hoping for, we're grasping for our lives to be in a better place. Now, I think 2021 is much different because not only do we have the same people that every year that kind of go do this, and look, I've been there, I've done that, but I think we have a whole new segment of people that haven't even thought about God who are now looking and saying, well, 2021 has to be better. 2021 has to be different because I don't know if I can survive another year like this past year. Amen. I mean, we look at it and we go, gosh, I I just need hope. Well, if you're looking for that, or maybe you're like that, maybe today you're in church for the first time, or maybe you're watching online for the first time in a long time, um, here's the great news today. What you're going to hear today is not a guilt trip. Where have you been? You're not going to hear that. What you're going to hear is excitement. Because I know based on someone who has read God's word from cover to cover, someone who has studied it, someone has looked at it, I know this and I can speak um, about what God sees with a heart that says, God, I want you. God rejoices. And so today when you walk into church, don't feel like a a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Today, feel as if, wow, God is smiling down upon you, upon you, and God wants nothing more than to help you in 2021 have an incredible year. That's the truth. You know, here at Ocean View, um, we kind of say that we come to church for a purpose and for a mission, really. You know, our mission here as a church, if, whether you're a Christian or not, our mission here as a church is to help people to follow Jesus. And when I say that, I love that statement, help people to follow Jesus, because isn't it true that we're all in different places in our spiritual walk? Some of us, we, you know, we come in here and we're like, I, I hope, you know, pastor doesn't call me out. I hope someone doesn't ask me a biblical question because I have no clue. I mean, I, I just, you know, when, when someone texted me about a book in the Bible, I just kind of nod and just, you know, shake my head. Here's the good news. Most of the people in this room, they're right there with you. And you don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to feel like, gosh, I, I just don't want people to know how little I know about the Bible or about my relationship with God. Um, that's okay. Because here at church, what we say is, is we want to help no matter where you're at. We want to help you if you're at a one in your spiritual walk. We want to help you go from a one to a two. If you're an eight, we want you to go from eight to a nine. If you're a 10, we want to knock you down off your perch and knock you back down to a seven. You know what I'm saying? And the way that we do this, we have a strategy here at our church. See, we think as a church and as a people of God that we need to focus on three areas of our life. We need to focus on up, in, and out. Upward, we're going to talk about today, and that's our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A lot of us grew up in religion, and I know I've had religion most of my life. And I knew I came to a crisis point in my life when I reached for religion, and religion didn't do much for me. 
You see, religion, and religion's not a bad thing. Religion's about going to church. Religion's about doing the same thing traditionally over and over and over again. But I can promise those of you in this room, you know this, that at the end of the day, what God wants is not for you to have a great religion. At the end of the day, God wants you to have a great personal relationship with him every single day. And we're going to show that to you very clearly, especially in a passage of scripture. We say about in, up in, in. We talk about community. And throughout this year, we're going to be giving opportunities with 2021, hopefully a little bit different than 2020, to be able to connect with one another, encourage and pray for one another. And then obviously outward, what we say as a church is, is that we want to never forget the opportunity to be able to think about our neighbors, think about our friends, think about our family members, and helping them in their relationship with Jesus. Now, we're going to open up a passage of Scripture. And if you're new to Christianity, watching online in the balcony, if you're new, this is a book that the Apostle Paul, he wrote. And Paul is a guy, he's one of the famous Christians of all time, and he's writing this book, and he's writing a letter to a church in Philippi. And so as he's writing this letter, this is one of those unique moments because throughout Scripture you see, um, you know, writings, those of you that read the Bible, you see writings where he addresses everyone, where he's talking in generality. And and as we read as Christians of today, we kind of put ourselves in those shoes and go, okay, um, God is speaking to us generally. Well, today we're going to open a passage of Scripture where Paul actually gets very specific with two individuals. You see, there's two individuals that are amazing leaders within the church. They're two ladies And these two ladies, in my own mind, I don't have theological backing for this, but if I had to imagine, these two ladies, they're organizers, man. They got their act together. And in the early functions of the church, some of these ladies would come and they would organize, they would help things, they would, you know, they were worker bees, man. They just worked to the hilt. And they developed a following of believers based upon their actions. In other words, they were leading in such a way where it inspired others to follow Jesus. But all of a sudden, something happened between the two of them. And who knows what it is, but they started arguing. They started bickering. And it broke Paul's heart, the guy who's writing this letter. And he's going to address the issue, and I think it's going to give us some great wisdom for how we should approach 2021. So if you've got your Bible app, or if you've got your phone, or if you've got your Bible, we're going to turn to Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 2. Here we go. Paul says this, Now I appeal to Yodia and Syntyche, Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. In other words, what Paul says is, hey, I need you to talk to them because you know what? They're so great at pointing people to Jesus. They're so great at inspiring people to help others to follow Jesus. And so they got to settle their disagreement. They They got their priorities mixed up. And he continues on. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers whose names are written in the book of life. Now, basically what this is an issue of is priorities. And I have this picture up here. It's called The Price is Right. How many of you remember The Price is Right and you watch it today and everything else? Those of you just remember Barb Barker back in the days? And they had a game that I used to love, and it was called high-low. And they used to take products, and they used to uh, have the contestant have to kind of organize from highest to lowest the prices of each of the products and prioritizing them. And I think that's what Paul was writing to these two ladies. He was basically saying, hey, you need to reset your priorities. Because you notice that when he said reset your priorities, he was basically calling them out and basically saying, hey, you are doing such an amazing job of pointing people to the top priority, and you've forgotten your priorities. 
You know, honestly speaking, I think 2021, a lot of us have resolutions, right? How many of us have turned the TV on right as January 1 hit? Did you notice this? Every time a commercial hit, it was a new diet, a new exercise machine, new financial commitments. They all, they all know it. They know what people are thinking about. And it's challenging us specifically to say, all right, you need to start something new. And here's what we do. On January 1, some of us, we started something new. We either started reading our Bibles, or we started uh, practicing a budget, or we started a new exercise routine. Well, it's January 3rd. How you doing? Some of us have already stopped. Some of us are starting again. You see, I think when we go to a new year, we start a lot and we stop a lot. We start a lot and we stop a lot. And the great wisdom that Paul gives us is, the truth is, is that our lives are not about starting something and stopping something and starting something. In fact, I would tell you, if, if you go and approach a year by saying, I'm going to start this, more than likely you're probably going to drop it at some point. You see, it's not about starting and stopping. It's about prioritizing. Don't miss this, and we're going to camp on this for a second. One of the greatest problems a Christian will face has nothing to do with starting and stopping, but everything to do with prioritizing. And that's what Paul was speaking to. We need to make sure that we prioritize our life in such a way to where we make sure that the most important aspects of our life take precedent in 2021. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. So Paul says, hey, you two knuckleheads, stop bickering. You're losing your influence. You're forgetting your priorities. And then he goes back and he continues speaking. Take a look at this. He said, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone you see, don't miss this, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Do you know what this passage is all about? It's, it's fascinating. We fall into a trap as Christians to think that the Christians back in that day had the full canon of the Bible at their disposal. That in other words, when they, when they got depressed, they just, you know, they got up in the morning, they grabbed their cup of coffee, and they opened up a great psalm to be able to encourage their heart. Oh, the, God said this, oh, this encouraged me. They didn't have that. Do you realize that many of the Christians in the early churches, they didn't have anything. They didn't have much scripture at all. So Terry, how did they learn about God? How did they understand what God wants and how God loves them? It goes back to what Paul just said. Let them see how considerate you are. Let them see your actions. Do you know how Paul taught most of the world, their, the Christianity, when he would preach? He taught them by his actions. He taught them that how he lived, how he talked, his integrity, his character. You know, that's a challenge for us, especially living in the South, isn't it? I always love this. I look at South Carolina, and South Carolina, did you know this? In the United States of America, South Carolina is the most Christianized state. If you look at the, the last Census Bureau, people saying, what, what is your background? I think it was in the 90-something percentile of people living in South Carolina say they are a Christian. Now, I don't know about you, but I live in Myrtle Beach, and let's just take this off segment. I can tell you I see a whole lot of people that don't act like Christians. Does that make sense? And we all know it. We have our bad days, Right? And we all, we kind of come up and we kind of come down. But what Paul was basically saying is, do you know what it's like to prioritize your life and be a Christian? It's understanding that it's not about the moments in public. It's about the moments in private. It's about the moments in front of your family. It's about the moments in front of the loved ones that see you with your hair down. How do you act in front of them? 
You know, isn't it true that sometimes we treat our family worse than we treat our friends? Oh, well, they're family. They know me. And we excuse our behavior away because it's like, oh, well, I don't have to put any pretenses up. I don't have to act like something different. They won't judge me for the act, so I can be who I want to be. I don't know about you, but I've never read in the Bible where it says it's okay to sin because it's family. And I'm speaking to myself because I do it all the time. You know, I, I want to talk to parents for a second, and I'm guilty of it. I've got a 13-year-old home. Why is it that we lose our brains as parents sometimes? Isn't it true that when our kids are born, we, we kind of hold them, we say, God, I don't want to mess this up. I want to be the perfect, most amazing baby, and the most amazing young man. Oh, God, I want to do everything right. I want to make sure. And we, we say this. But then at the same token, as they grow up, we will say things like this. Do as I say, not as I do. You're not allowed to do that, but I am. My dad, God bless him, he's a Marine. He passed away a few years ago. And uh, I said this in the first service, and it's true. If we were, if we were going to, and my dad at 80 years old, I kid you, I'm not lying. My dad at 80 years old, he had, he had forearms like Popeye. I'd, I'd say this all the time, and it's true. And I mean, thick hands, man. If he shook your hand, yeah, ow. Um, that was my dad, 80 years old. And if we were walking in an alley, and there were two individuals that wanted to do us harm, I promise you, even though I'm very, very strong and athletic, and you could see this and see how muscular I am, and I know that you're impressed by this, I would take my 80-year-old dad and I would put my 80-year-old dad in front of me. That's how my dad was. He was Italian. He was a tough cookie, man. And he grew up like that. I mean, he, he grew up in a very tough era of time. And so I'll never forget, my dad was not a Christian for most of his life. And so growing up, my dad, his language, it was salty, man. It was, it was just every other word you could imagine. The sailors were living at our house. And if you're a sailor in here, forgive me for stereotyping you. You know what I'm saying. But then I'll never forget, and here's the great thing about it is, he used to say, you know, hey, you don't use that language. Yeah, but dad, you do. Yeah, but I'm, I'm an adult. And he'd say that. And I'll never forget as he got older, he came to know Jesus. And I'll never forget one moment he was at our house, and we have a young boy, you know, at the time, my, my son was about six, seven years old, and I always worried about my dad's language because, you know, it was different than my language. And my dad was on the couch, and all of a sudden he let a word slip. And for the first time, all of a sudden, I saw him go, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse my language. I literally almost fainted. What? I mean, he could care less when I was a kid. He could care less five years earlier. But you see, he met Jesus. And he had a relationship with him. And he actually felt conviction that, you know what? If I'm saying that I'm a Christian, then I need to behave in that manner and stop excusing away my behavior because people are watching. And how are people going to know an amazing God and the transformation power of God if I don't act like he really is impacting my life? If you're a parent in this room, and here's some questions I have. You know, if you want your kids to be respectful, you've got to show them respect. If you want your kids to show honesty, you've got to show honesty. I love that. How many of us, we say, don't lie. Don't you ever lie. Don't you ever lie. And then we want to enter into a business agreement with someone. Yeah, you know, like, how, how's the car look? Oh, it's in pristine condition. It, nothing's wrong with it. And your kid's behind their dad. We, we just, the light goes on. How are we going to teach our kid honesty if we don't show honesty? Here's a tough one. If you want your kids to be humble, you've got to show humility. And I like to say you've got to practice humility. And it's hard. Trust me. Growing up, oh man, I knew it all. I had it all. 
And then you learn, you know what? Arrogance, the only way to get rid of arrogance is to humble yourself and to humble yourself before others. You see, humility is not something that you just go ahead and you have. Humility is practiced. And when you don't take yourself too seriously, when you don't put yourself up on a pedestal, when you don't sit there and walk around with your chest pumped up that you have it all together all the time, and instead you walk with humility and understanding, you know what, the other individuals, you know what, God loves them like he loves me. God gave them a brain like he gave me. And you know what, I'm uniquely wired, but I'm no better than that individual, and so I'm gonna treat that individual as if they are precious in the eyes of God. And when you act like that, then you show what it means to prioritize the right things. And that's what Paul was talking about. Christian, 2021, if you want to truly be a Christ follower, then you show others by your actions what it means to be a Christian. Paul continues on, and he says this. Now, don't worry about anything, because I know right now some of us are like, oh, gosh, great, I come to church in the new year and I get hit with this. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's just too tough. Uh, you know, now he's talking about language. Are you kidding me? Half my language is colorful words. How am I going to exist? Paul kind of knew this, and he says this. Hey, look, don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, I love this verse, and we have, we have used this verse about three or four times this year as I've taught and preached because it was needed in 2020 like never before. But I want to go ahead and I, I looked at this verse because some of us that maybe are not our Christians or some of us that are looking at that saying, I'm, I'm really not understanding what that means. I rewrote it in Terry's version. So if Terry had an opportunity to rewrite the scripture, this is what the scripture means to Terry. Take a look at this. It says, I say this, don't be distracted. Keep your priorities straight. Remember to include God in all aspects of your life, your relationships, your decisions, your children, your finances. I said this a few weeks ago. How many of us, when we have a big decision that we have to make, we think about, oh gosh, I don't know what to do. I got this big decision. And what do we do? We call a friend, right? And, and isn't it true that sometimes we call a friend who has no expertise in the area that we're struggling with the decision? They're just a friend. So then we go to lunch with them and we sit there and we pour our hearts out to them and we go, I'm just looking for wisdom. And then they look at us and true story, a life-changing decision that you have to make a call on. You've got a friend in front of you who has no experience and has really doesn't have any expertise, but they're, they're a friend. They look at you and they go, well, off the top of my head, here's what I do. And then we take that advice and we make a life-changing decision. I don't know about you, but I don't want to make a life-changing decision from somebody who says, well, you know, it just, it's like indigestion. It just came to the top of my head. Here's what I would do. No, 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 no. I want someone who's going to be praying to God. I want someone who is going to ask God for wisdom. I want to make sure that I'm prayed for. I want to make sure that God is a part of every decision and action because God wants the best for me. And if I go to him, isn't it amazing that he will give me the wisdom to make the best choice? And so when I read that, it's like in all aspects of our life, our relationships, our decisions, our children's, our finances, rather than going everywhere for wisdom, how about we start with God? And how about we talk to him about everything? I continue on and say this, talk with him about everything, what you need. Don't forget about all the times that he's been faithful. If you do this, you won't have a worry in this world. You will never miss the joy of the day that he has blessed you with. When you keep him first, life gets easier to deal with because you will have his peace, which is incredible. 
and it will increase your self-awareness. I want to point you to two things. When you trust him and when you think back at the times that God has been faithful, then you won't have a worry and your self-awareness will increase because when the world collapses, guess what? Here's the good news. In 20 years, God forbid, but in 20 years, if another pandemic comes, we are gonna be so much more prepared for that pandemic than we were this time, right? We're gonna be so much more self-aware of how we need to respond act personally, guard against, because we have how God got us through this one, which he has, and all God's people said, amen. And we don't have to worry because, hey, 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 I know you're panicked. Hey, hey, we're going to have kids. They're going to say, oh my gosh, the internet's going to be shut down. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And when we trust God, then we can experience his perfect peace. You know, I have a picture up here of a hamburger, not to make you hungry, because it is getting close to lunchtime. But I'll never forget, um, one of the greatest faith changes in my life was when I went to lunch with a pastor, and, and I was going to a church, and there was a question that, um, that he and I were discussing. He started talking to me about my religion, and he was talking about my church, and, and then he went ahead and he, he asked me this question, is your faith the most important aspect of your life? Now, I'm going to ask you that question. Is your faith the most important aspect of your life? Now, I love that because when a pastor asks that, everybody in the room and watching online right now, your immediate reaction is, yep, amen, yep, amen. God is good because if I say something else, I'm in church right now and God would not be happy. So I'm just going to go ahead and fake it till I make it. Yep, absolutely. God, God's awesome. Wave the flag. Amazing. Hallelujah. God's awesome. Incredible. But if I were to look at you and say, now let's be real. Because remember what Paul said. Paul said, you know, Paul, it was about not what I say, it's what I do. So I just asked you if your faith was the most important aspect. But do your actions mirror that? Now, many of us in this room, we would say, Terry, my faith is. And when that pastor looked at me, he said, okay, Terry, if that's the truth, then he followed up with this question. If so, then don't you think you should know more about your faith? And that's where my heart was crushed. Because you see, I had a lot of strong biblical opinions. I had a lot of opinions about church, about religion, about pastors. I had a lot of great, great opinions. But if I was honest, I never really picked the Bible up and read the Bible and actually understood the author of my faith. And as Christians around this world, we have a whole lot of Christians who have a whole lot of opinions on how church should be, pastors should be, and everything else, and they've never read the Bible from cover to cover to understand it. And so I say to you, if your faith is the most important aspect of your life, the number one thing that you can do in 2021 is to begin learning about your faith. Now, hey, don't worry. Here's what I would say. I'm a realist. I do not expect, if you've never read the Bible, I don't expect you all of a sudden to be Superman. Now, if you do, great. But I don't expect you to start today and go through the whole year and read the whole Bible. I don't expect that. Now, for some of you, you're going to do that and you're going to make it. God bless you. But here's what I do expect. If you're a one right now in your personal life and your, your faith life, I do expect you to take steps to get to a two. I do expect you to go from a three to a four. I do expect you to go from a six to eight. I do expect you to go come down from a 10 to a seven because you're way too perfect in your own head. Let's do this. I'm gonna have a little activity for you. When Paul talks about priorities, 
Let's take a look at a priority list. Take a look at the screen here. Prioritize this list in your life. Family, work, career, faith, friends, spouse, hobby, craft, me, others. Right now, if you look at that list, I want you to begin to start putting those into order. Now, right off the bat, a lot of us, we kind of go to this faith one and say, okay, yep, number one, number one, number one, that's number one. But if you were to really be honest, is faith number one in your life, and where does it fall on the list? For some of us, work and career ends up being number one. It consumes us. Trust me, I can't put the phone down. Trust me, I'm checking my email about 40 times a day. It's an addiction. It really is. And it's going to come a reckoning in the next 10 to 15 years. We're going to see this, where we're going to have to figure something out because we cannot stay plugged in all the time, or many of us are going to have a very difficult time. We've got to prioritize differently. Some of us, we say our family's number one, and then we look down and we see spouse, and we say, oh, no, 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 honey, pookie bear, no, no, I meant you, I meant you, 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 number one. But if you were to prioritize this list, be honest with yourself. What's number one? What's number two? What's number three? Because the truth is, it truly is all about your next step. And as you take your next step, you need to begin to reprioritize, as Paul said. If you can go to the next slide, guys. It's all about that next step. So how do you begin reordering your priorities? Let's see what Paul has to say. Paul continues. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think on these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. It's as if Paul said, look, I know you're going to struggle. Look, I know you're going to start something. Look, I know you're going to start something. I know some of you, you're going to go ahead and start a diet this week and you're going to fall flat on your face in three or four days. Some of you are going to pick the nachos back up when the national championship game, college football game comes up in a week. I'm already looking ahead to it. I'm already planning it out. And so it's not about starting those things. It's not about stopping those things. You know, I say it all the time. You know, the true strength of character is not how many times you get knocked down. It's how you pick yourself up. So it's not when, it's not a, a if, but when. When you do stop something or when you do fall flat, you have to learn to pick yourself up and to be better. You know, if you take a look at the screen, you see this picture called Mantle Mount. I want to tell you a story, a quick story before we close. Um, talk about stubbornness and pride about how we have to go ahead and drop those things. About two months ago, um, we went ahead and we bought a mount, a mount for our TV above the fireplace. And uh, this mount was unique. And my wife actually found it. I was so proud of it. never loved her more in my life. She found this mount for the TV. And that was a joke, by the way. But anyway, um, she found this mount. And this mount is, is unique because it allows you to take your TV. And yes, it's up in place. But then you could take the TV and with one hand, you could pull your TV out and down. And you could swivel it. So that way you're not on the couch doing this, watching the TV. It's awesome. It's amazing. So we went in and bought the mount, and my wife said, hey, are you going to be able to put that up? I said, yeah, 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 I'll be able to do it. Not a problem at all. Okay, great. So I, I, I was wise, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to start this project in the middle of the day. I'm going to start it at the beginning of the day because, you know, it's, it could be a long process. There could be a couple of trips to the store that come in. You know, I'm a realist, okay? You know, I'm not perfect, and you know, I'm going to make mistakes, and so I have to count for those things. So I figured I'm going to plot the whole day to make sure I get it. And if I get done early, great. If not, at least I'm not at 9 o'clock at night worried about everything is out and figured out. Okay, so I go ahead and start at 8 o'clock. I open the instruction manual. 
And the instruction manual says, all right, here are all the pieces. Do you have all the tools? I look at all the tools, got them. I got all the parts, got them. And then it has this next picture. And it's like these two stick figures. And underneath it says, two-person job. Ha! <laughs> two-person job. Are you kidding me? I could do this. It's a mount. It's a TV mount. I mean, they do that for amateurs. I am no amateur. Ow, ow. Is that a, a, the, the hammer? Ow, ow, ow. You know, that's a joke. Anyway, so I go ahead and I open it up and, and I start. And as I'm, I'm, I'm kind of putting the, the frame together, psh, screw a screw, two people. What are they going to have one person hold the screw and the other person? Oh, come on. And I go ahead and do that. And then I get this done and an hour goes by and a two hour. And I'm flying, man. And I'm getting this done. I made a mistake. It cost me an hour. And then I, I, I fixed it. I ran to the store. I came back. But I'm, I'm doing good. I'm motor. My wife is coming in and checking and everything's a mess. And she's like, how you doing, honey? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing great. It's great. It's not a problem. I'm on it. She goes, are you sure? Do you need any help? No, don't need any help. So then my wife says this, because I think what she did while I was working on it, I actually think she picked up the instruction manual because she trusts me so much. And she looked at it and she saw the two-person job. And here's what she said. She's strategic. She said, hey, you know, if you need help, I'm sure you can call a friend and they, they could pop over. I know so-and-so is home today. You know, this, I don't need that. Don't need that. So all of a sudden I get to the place and I'm motoring. At about two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm ready to put this mount up. And I look and it says, okay, you need to pick this part up. You need to hold this mount against the wall. You need to screw these four huge bolts into the stud of your wall all at the same time on a ladder. This mount weighs 50 pounds. I picked it up, no joke, even though I'm really strong and you know, muscular, I know. When I go to reach it, I mean, it, it took a lot for me to pick the thing up. So I'm looking at it and I'm going, uh-oh. This is why they need two people. So I could call a friend, or I could fake it till I make it. I'm going to fake it till I make it. So I went ahead and I grabbed that thing. I was like, I'm not going to let it beat me. I climbed the ladder with this thing. Do not try this at home, even though I did try this at home. I grabbed this. I climbed the ladder. I went. I put, you would have laughed at me. I took this mount. I shoved it against the wall, and I'm leaning with my shoulder against this mount, holding it like this, and I've got, I got a wrench and a socket, and I put a bolt in, and I'm screwing, and I'm screwing, and I'm screwing, and I got all four bolts in, and I walked away. Went, oh. And it was there, and I got it on, and I was so proud of myself, and I was ha! Two people. And then I stood back and I looked at it. And I put it down, I put it in upside down. <laughs> so then I had to hold it and I had to undo all the bolts and I had to take it down and I had to put it down and I had to take it and I had to flip it up and I put it in and I held it up and I screwed, screwed, screwed and I got it all the way up and I stood back and I went, oh, honey, come take a look. Proud of myself. She comes in, she goes, oh, you got it up. She goes, is it supposed to be centered on the wall? I kid you not, I was so focused on getting the thing on the wall that I didn't realize I put it in the wrong spot. So I had to take it off again. And I had to put it up again. Four times I had to put this thing on the wall. It's a miracle the thing's still standing, I'm just saying. Here's the point. You ever hear the adage, measure twice, cut once? I think we have a lot of Christians who don't like reading the instruction manual. I think we have a lot of Christians, including myself, that love to shoot from the hip. I think we have a lot of Christians that are prideful. I think we have a lot of Christians that don't want to go to our Heavenly Father because we know what to do. And maybe 2021 is the year where we listen to Paul and says, hey, remember, your actions are what tells people about Jesus. You want to have a better life? You need to prioritize him first in your life. You need to talk to him about everything. 
And if you do, you'll experience an incredible peace. Now, here's where I get practical. There are many of you that are here and going, amen, that's a word for me. And I know you, you're going to walk out of this room and football is going to catch your attention this afternoon and three days later, you're not going to be doing anything different in 2021. So I want to challenge you to something that we're going to challenge our whole church to do. Don't worry, it's simple. I want you to take a 10-day journey with us. Take a 10-day journey of faith. Some of you super Christians who are at a 10, you're like, 10, that's it? That's too easy. You need to challenge him more. No, 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 no. Here's what I know about God. If you take 10 days and you with a heart open say, God, I want to spend time with you like I've never spent time with you before for 10 days. I want to talk to you. I want you to talk to me. I want you to really help me to reprioritize my life. If you do that for 10 days, you will be so amazed at what God can do in your life. It will inspire you to continue a journey. But just commit right now to 10 days. And here's what we're going to do. This Bible study plan right now is in the Ocean View app. If you go to our app, it's right there for you. And all you have to do is click on it and it will take you directly to this devotional. And what it has is it has a passage of scripture that you can read for the day and you just read it. And then it has a commentary that you can read for the day, which kind of gives you wisdom for your day. And I want you to pray as you do it. And if you do that, I promise you this, your days will change. Do you want to know why? Because maybe for the first time in your life, you're actually prioritizing him above everybody else. Let's stop starting and stopping things. As Christians, let's prioritize what should take the most of our time and let's invest in it so that our lives can truly be changed for the better. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just, uh, I praise you this morning. God, I know like myself and so many others, Lord, this new year is a great opportunity to start. But God, it really isn't about starting. God, it has everything to do with prioritizing. So God, today, I pray that every person in this room would make a commitment for at least the next 10 days to say, God, I'm gonna start with you first. And God, as I start with you first and as I talk with you and as I pray, Lord, to you and about some of the frustrations and some of the areas of my life that I need you, God, I ask you to show up in an incredible way to change my life. And so, God, I thank you that you're not a God who right now is looking down and saying, well, Terry, it's about time. But instead, you're a God who is celebrating with the angels above because you see hearts that are focused and turned to you. So God, right now, I just pray for every family member, for every dad, for every mom, for every marriage, for every family. I pray that this journey will leave its mark and 2020 will be one of the best years ever. We love you today and we thank you for it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. May God bless you this new year, Pastor. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.